Hi, and welcome to the Life in Balance podcast, where we hold space for each other in a crazy world. We share our ideas on how to find balance in one's life through yoga and all that comes with it. My name is Nicole, and I'm here with my dear friend and lovely co-host, Steph, and our very special guest, Malaika Das Remedius. Malaika is a multifaceted and empowering warrior who helps souls of all ages with cultivating harmony within to live a life full of vitality and wholeness. Through the ancient practices of the yoga tradition, holistic nutrition, and fitness coaching, she has dedicated her life to help others breathe and live with intention. Welcome, Malaika. <laughs> Thank you Welcome. for having me. <laughs> We're Thank so excited so to have you. You're our first guest. And I mean, couldn't have picked a better one. I'll give a little backstory. So I met you in Bali. You were one of the trainers for the 300-hour advanced yoga teacher training that I did. Yes. And Malaika is a brilliant yoga teacher. And more than that, I mean, amazing human. But yeah, Malaika's depth in sharing the yoga practice, different practices, meditation, yoga nidra, yoga asana, all of these beautiful, beautiful um, aspects of the yoga tradition. Um, and I, I know that since since that time in Bali, we've also collaborated on some things and mm-hmm. you just have a wealth of knowledge and you're a wonderful person to talk to. So we're so glad to have you. Aww, and share you, all Nicole. of your knowledge and wisdom with us today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to put you I'll on the my spot. Best. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. <laughs> we're just going to soak it all in. Um, one of the things that I'd love to kind of start with, and this mm-hmm. actually was inspired by your bio that I just read, uh, is that you are dedicated to helping others breathe and live with intention. And I mean, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, Steph, intention was one of the first topics that we talked about on Absolutely. our podcast. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear, like, how did you come into, I guess, this desire to help people breathe and live with intention? Well, um, this is a big question and a big, it takes me down a lot of paths of just like how, like sitting here today, right. In this very moment and just thinking back like, wow, you know, just the lifespan of something that you love and share with people and how it evolves and what you fine tune and what your interests are and how they grow and shift and change. Um, So one of the things about five or six years ago that I was kind of having this moment of just not rebranding per se, but just taking a really good look inward and just thinking about what is it, like trying to get really specific, like what is it that I really help people with? Because I come, come with this extensive background and love lots of different areas of trainings that I've completed and that I've had interest in. And I come with a, one of my friends referred to me as like the one-stop shop, like, oh, you're a trainer. You also help people breathe. You help people meditate. You help people with help, uh, holistic nutrition and coaching in that arena. And so there's lots of um, different aspects of what I do. But one of the main things is that we're all breathing. We're doing it anyway. And then how to really access the breath in a way to live a fulfilling life full of vitality and nourishment and knowing how to use your breath to calm down or how to use your breath to balance your nervous system. I just found these things to be incredibly um, powerful and inspiring in my own life. 
that I just got really interested in particularly the breath in general, the anatomy of the breath, different ways to breathe in yoga, different ways to breathe while running um, and working out, just how to live an optimal life. And so, um, you know, we're breathing all the time involuntarily, and then we can also breathe voluntarily, right? So I just think it's incredibly powerful to teach people how to take the reins of the horse, right? And take the horse for a trot or take the leash on the dog and walk the dog, not the other way around. And how much power we have to really make a shift and how that all starts with our breath and Mm. the intention behind what it is that we're wanting, right? And that we do have some control over that and we can empower ourselves to make a shift and turn things around. So when I was back in, I don't even know, maybe five or six years ago, just taking a a close look at what is it that I really want to help people do and um, that I have found in my own life to be the most powerful thing. And that was just the one thing that kind of popped up was like the breath and the power Mm -hmm. of the breath and the empowerment from breathing well and how to manage our moods and emotions, how we can become more responsive rather than reactive just by tuning in to and taking a check-in with, how am I breathing right now? How can I anchor myself? Yeah. So that's kind of what created my t-shirt line too. I was like, oh, I'm going to put these on t-shirts and like have this meaningful message when people are walking or uh, at the grocery store or whatever they want to do or a tote bag or whatever and spreading this message, like breathe with intention. Like take a Mm -hmm. moment and sprinkle this into your week, your day of just taking a moment of pause and to breathe with intention beautiful Mm. (laughs) it almost sounds so much easier said than done doesn't it you Mm -hmm. know you mentioned you mentioned a few moments ago Malika that you know this coming together of your you know life's purpose in in working with others to help them breathe and live with intention is something that had come up for you about five or six years ago when you were looking to sort of folk you know focus your your practice and your work when you know obviously these this is a, an evolution of of time and practice that you've had over the last i'm imagining you know quite a bit of time considering your your background and all that you've accomplished in you know the yogic world what, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you know what kind of happened prior to coming into this uh, place yeah. of teaching others to live with intention through breath yeah i um this is something being a yoga teacher or practitioner and practitioner and all these other things that I'm, that are now my career and um, my passion combined is something that I never chose. It just sort of chose me in a way. So I did not seek this out. I wasn't like, I want to be a yoga teacher one day. Um, That didn't happen to me in that, that way. So I was 18. I was at the university of Vermont as a freshman and I was seeing a counselor at the counseling counseling center and she had mentioned, and at this time I was a very highly anxious, highly depressed person and very high functioning as well. So everything was always really intense and very, um, I had to work really hard at calming down and I didn't have these tools yet. I didn't have these yoga tools. So, um, 
everything was sort of just very fast paced. I managed to get things done and get things done very well, but I never really felt well inside. And sitting at a place I am now and looking back at that girl, um, I don't know how I did it, honestly. But I realize now that, oh, that probably is what helped a lot. And what helped is my counselor at the time was like, you need to sit down and meditate. And I remember going, <laughs> Oh God, like, that's not for me. I was like, Oh no, like I'm a, I'm a kickboxer. I go to the gym. Like I, I just like things fast. And she's like, yeah, exactly. Like you need to sit down. So one of the funny things about this is that that's probably the one thing I got out of that counseling, um, year with this particular counselor that wasn't the best match as a therapist, uh, for me. And I've been in and out of therapy since I was a little kid and to this day, actually, and I, I really love therapy. It, it works for me. Um, but uh, I remember being like, wow, this is like not a good match. Like we just had a really interesting dynamic together. It was semi-helpful, but I didn't really feel like I was getting that much out of it, actually. Um, but I do, I will give her that. I mean, she did say, hey, you should, you need to sit down and you should meditate and do yoga. And I remember thinking, oh God. So of course, me then, I was pretty stubborn. And so um, young Malaika was like, okay, um, I'm going to give this a shot. Let me just check it out, see what this lady's talking about. So I go to the class on campus and I went and I was like, oh God, what is this? this I was very um, turned off by it, but I was also very curious. I'm a very curious person. So I did it. I did the class. I was like, oh, the music was pretty cool. I don't know what she was talking about the whole time, but like, eh, I didn't really like it. I probably won't go back. So I ended up going back again and I went again. So this third time I went, something happened and I don't know what it was then, but I do know what it was now. But um, at the time, my 18 year old self, I was like, hmm, what the hell was that? Mm. And <laughs> this um, was kind of nice. <laughs> this, yes, exactly. And I was so used to not feeling good and not feeling settled mm. that I didn't know what it was. And it mm. felt a little foreign and a little scary, but also incredibly peaceful. So I kept going and it eventually turned into a daily practice. Um, now, where I sit now and looking back, I just, I had gotten out of my own way. And getting out of your own way feels really freaking good. And mm. what happened was I was start, I was creating space. The yoga was working. Like yoga works, mm-hmm. you know, this stuff, <laughs> this stuff works. It's powerful and we don't even know it's working. And that's the beauty of it. So I was literally transformed, I'd say in that third session of spaciousness inside myself, getting out of my own way, not being in my way. And d- I didn't know what that was. So I started to wa- crave that relationship with that spaciousness. And so at the time, at the time, Rodney, Shiva Ray, you know, those DVDs that they all had, they were probably one of the f- like first leaders, I would say, in putting out DVDs. I remember getting home from work. And this is when I was now like 21, maybe, or 22. Come home from work, my social work career, come home, pop in the DVD. I would get right on my mat. I was like craving this relationship I with the spaciousness, with this peace, with my body feeling really good. Light my incense. I had these rituals around it. I was going to the studio in town, um, like two, three, four times a week. Eventually I was taking workshops. I just got really invested in it. And then 
had a pretty um, large, I didn't plan on teaching ever. And my teacher at the time was like, you should teach. And I was like, really? Someone I so admire, you know, and was like, well, I thought to myself, well, if she thinks I should teach, I mean, I'm not going to pass that up. So I just started to teach. I wasn't certified when I was teaching. So I went through her certification program a few years later. Um, And then from there, just became this thing. I mean, I just had no idea that that would happen. And then just different passions were born out of that. And then eventually my, I was getting burnt out from social work. Um, I was a case manager in public housing in the last job I was in. Um, And then I decided maybe I can just teach yoga. And I was waiting tables, uh, fine dining too, as well, up here in Vermont. And I just thought maybe I can do this full time. And then I started to slow, I had like 10 jobs at one time, actually, all these part-time jobs. And then eventually I started to teach a little bit more, a little bit more. And I took that leap, which was incredibly scary, but um, yeah. And then it's had its ups and downs over the years. And um, it always seems to balance out. And anytime that I have found that I've gotten pretty tired or burnt out and not wanting to do it anymore, like I want to throw in the towel, something comes in like immediately that reminds me like, nope, like this is your path. Like you're staying steady. And then it feels Mm. lighter all of a sudden, whether it's a testimonial or a text message or someone reaching out about something about the class or an article I read, like something will spark this light within my soul. That's like, oh no, this is what you do though. You know? Mm. And so it's just, I just, I don't want to say surrendered to it, to this pull, but a more of a, um, a letting go into it, a letting go into this pulse that keeps pulling me back to like, this is who, this is what you do. This is your dharma. Keep sharing these practices. Keep, keep share, giving, keep giving and sharing and help others that the way that these tools and these ancient practices have helped you in this modern world. Mm. One of the things that you just mentioned, uh, towards the end of that beautiful story was, was just reflecting on, you know, it always seems to balance out. So like as much as there might be like a really high, high, and then some, sometimes you might feel really low or, Mm -hmm. or even just the practices that you're talking about that, that early experience you had of being in a, in a, in a state that was really activated either through anxiety or, or really Mm -hmm. low through depression and coming into your yoga practice and finding finding that balance within mm-hmm. yourself and starting mm-hmm. to find that connection to something else other than those big extremes. Um, you know, the, the name of our podcast is the Life and Balance Podcast. Yeah. And so when you think about life and balance, what comes to mind for you? What, what goes into that? Yeah, I love that you just said all that because it's been that, that relationship with balance was very, very long road you know, mm-hmm. and I resisted it a lot. And then I'd welcome it in and I'd resist it because I would just wasn't used to it. And that's the thing I think too, there's no like quick fix. There's quick revelations, right? That things will just drop in and land. But balance in my relationship with balance has definitely been interesting. And I'd say, I'd say also um, one of the biggest things. So what did you ask again? The, um, <laughs> what the, comes uh, to mind when you think oh, about yeah, what like comes life to and mind. balance? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm like, I don't want to go too into left field if you wanted to anchor me back down into this one question. Um, So what comes to mind when I think of life and balance, which is beautiful, by the way, like it's just a beautiful thing, like life and balance podcast. It just sounds like a warm blanket. So good job. Um, uh, What comes to mind for me is the word harmony, um, a flow state, a fluid pace, a lightness, and that lightness, harmony, fluid pace, a flow state, like throughout my daily happenings, like an unhurried, I'm awake, I'm present with each moment, but I'm still getting all the things done. I'm still, you know, I'm not rushing and gripping the steering wheel when I need to get from A to B. I'm not eating too fast where I'll get indigestion later or something. I am doing the things I need to do, but I can see like a 360 around my periphery, Mm. if that makes sense. Like I notice the birds and I can, I don't miss, I try not to miss those things or the color in a flower, right? Or preparing a meal instead of chopping everything up and throwing it into a pot, right? There's many ways that we can approach an action or a way of doing something, And I think of a life in balance as just this fluid ease in my body. There's a lightness, yet I'm grounded to the earth. I feel all the spheres of my life are good. Like at the end of the day, for example, sitting sitting or lying in bed being like, wow, I feel great because I did all these beautiful things that I love to do. And I ate well today and I drank enough water. And I didn't have to really think about it too much. It just became, it's a ritual. Mm -hmm. It's a ritual Mm -hmm. of striving for that every day. And how am I setting myself up to be as close to life and balance each day as I can? I think sometimes that we, we can sit here and say it's something that comes not so, I don't want to say naturally, but we, we, again, I don't want to talk, I don't want to down, we don't want to downplay it and, and make it sound like it's a really easy thing to achieve. Right. It's something that we have to wake up every morning mm-hmm. with the intention of, of trying to pursue. And I love yeah. that you said the days where it felt natural and I didn't have to even think about balancing it out and getting into this flow is exactly that. It feels like such a success in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's not always there, of course, you know, and that's the thing, like every day it's a practice, it's a ritual, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a soul intent of this is how can I be more of this today? Mm -hmm. And it's just like happiness, right? We can't be happy all the time, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's like, how can I cultivate more happiness? You gotta, we gotta work for that and not work and sweat and, you know, hardship over finding it. It's just like, right. okay, how can I work on this? By to be intentional being, with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And like complimenting a, a random stranger, cultivating mm-hmm. happiness, cultivating balance, doing a good deed for someone or helping someone out, or I'm going to nourish my body right now by closing my eyes and laying down on my acupressure mat, like creating balance, like listening, listening with intent to come back into that homeostasis place. And I think every day, really, I'm, that's my goal. It's like, how can I do all the things I need to do today mm-hmm. and let it be easy, let it be aligned. And if, mm. and if not, I got to just watch and how can I shift and pivot? Because we all have a tremendous, a tremendous potential 
to pivot and shift. And if we're just aware of that in, in any moment we stand in, like we, mm. we have the power to, to shift and to turn it around. And do you, would you, you know, we all get to places, um, you know, in our lives, whether it's a period of, you know, relatively long duration, whether it's just maybe a day, but we do get to positions in our lives where we feel maybe that we're not feeling very inspired or we're not feeling mm-hmm. motivated to wake up with this intention to, you know, live a balanced and healthy mm-hmm. um, and fulfilled life. Do you have any sort of advice that you would give to somebody who said, I really lack motivation. I love everything that you're saying, Malika, but I just can't mm-hmm. get there and I feel mm-hmm. totally uninspired. What can I do to help myself? What would you say to yeah. that person? Well, that's a great question because especially having a long history of depression and anxiety and those down moments where I'm, I can't see the happiness and the balance, it's like far from me. It's difficult, you know? So um, personally, um, I'm a pretty driven person, very motivated. And I work with a lot of people who are seeking that. Just like you said, it's like people seeking motivation. How do I find it? So I think a lot about figuring out next steps is just knowing really and accepting where you are in that given moment. We don't want to bypass like, I feel crappy today or I'm super depressed and just like glazing over it and putting on the fake smile and getting through the day. And that's creating a lot more heaviness in the body and the mind, a lot of guilt. And that just holds us down. Right. And for years and people who know me now would not not think this about me. But, um, or think really, but this is why yoga works. And when you practice and do the work, you do change. But so personally, just knowing that down place and being unmotivated and some chunks of time in my life have been like many other listeners right now have been heavy, you know, where it's, it feels like decades trying to come out of a hole. And really it's only been a few months, for example, right? Because the heavy and the down and the unmotivated times that we find ourselves in can be very stuck and we can feel very lost. And I just think that the best thing you can do, if I were to like even talk back at my younger self, I would say like, take your time and just love yourself. And like, this is all part of it. I would probably just keep saying to myself, this is all part of it. This is all part of it. And the other side is so damn beautiful that you can, you're going to get there and enjoy this learning opportunity. Enjoy this time to even more to, you know, I enjoyed those times actually, because I learned and was aware I was learning a lot in those moments. And I'm a really introspective person and love doing spiritual deep inner work and am used to being really uh, in my past being pretty in a heavy and down place and pulling myself out. And it is just taking baby steps. I remember telling a friend saying some when she was in a really hard time after I had come out of a hard time, I just said, you know, some days it's literally right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. And it sounds like you're going nuts, but that's all you can manage some days and trusting Mm -hmm. that and celebrating that you did get up. You did put right foot in front of left foot, or you did put on pants, (laughs) you know, or you did have that glass of water or you managed to cry all day, but then you managed to also call a friend or reach out to someone or um, anyway. But I think when you're not feeling motivated to get motivated, it's just to just get still just get still. This is one, one layer of advice, get still 
get quiet as you can. And there's a lot that's going to speak to you in those moments. Um, there's this voice that's just aching to come out and to be heard. And whatever that motivating piece is, whether you want to start running and you're feeling unmotivated for a workout, whether you are in bed and you just can't seem to get out because there's a lot of anxiety to get through with the day, for example, just getting still and loving yourself. Then maybe there's some mantra like, I'm going to do the best that I can today and I'm going to love myself through it all. Because I think we can get so hard on ourselves when we're not up and all full of pizzazz and sparkly energy and glitter everywhere you know it's like it's like it's, it's very hard to achieve that state and stay there we're not supposed to you are to. speaking my language Malika. i'm like nicole does that sound familiar to you anyone you know with short hair and lives in a weird country you know that sounds really familiar oh goodness so it's i think just take taking a moment of pause and to listen to what is balancing in the moment mm-hmm. right and that's not always easy but I think just starting slow and just knowing that if you just get a little bit done today, you did something to celebrate that something and to trust that tomorrow is going to bring a new energy and a new day. You know why I love that advice so much (laughs) is because it is almost completely counter to what I think most people hear Mm -hmm. when we talk about not feeling motivated. When, wherever I see that play out in, you know, the wellness space or the, the personal development space or the self-help space or, or, you know, the fitness space, it's always like, well, just get up and go, get right. up and go do, right. you know, go write your gratitude journal or go for the walk or go, you know, have a shower. Right. Like it's, it's telling you to do something first. Yes. Whereas yes. like, actually like, let's just part, maybe Not it's do. all of the chaos that is making us feel like we can't do, like, we mm-hmm. don't know what to do. So how about we just be and yes. Being able, and like you said earlier, being able to just sit in meditation is certainly hard. But with practice, that is where you're going to hear the that inner voice that points you to the next step yeah. for for yourself. And I think that also really speaks to this idea that that finding balance in one's life is not fixed. It's not like, oh, I feel I feel out of whack. <laughs> I'm going to do this one thing every time, and that's going to be the thing that makes me come back into balance. It's going to be very much a moment to moment experience where the thing mm-hmm. that brought you back to yourself one day is going to be, you know, not as helpful the next. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'd love to hear, and I, I think, you know, I have some assumptions about where you were able to develop the skill, but how for you being able to listen to that inner voice and being <laughs> able to trust it, mm-hmm. how did that come about for you? The more I chose to ignore it or doubt it, the louder <laughs> it got. So I was a big, I'm going to swim upstream and I'm going to like struggle, you know, and that's kind of my old story. I I like how I can say old story because I don't let myself do that anymore. I catch it sometimes, but I've gotten really good at noticing that and going, you don't need that. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so I got really good at listening to that. And like you just said, the counter to go, go, go. I mean, I was just go, go, go push against run harder, right? Like, and actually it brings, brings me to running. I used to be an ultra runner and I've been in, um, in, in this past life. I enjoy a run now, but I don't do any marathons or ultras anymore. But in, from about 2008 or nine, maybe earlier than that, um, to 
actually, I don't even know time. It's like, uh, I don't know. It was like a 10 year chunk of my life in my twenties. <laughs> Mainly. I'm like, I have no idea. Actually, who am I kidding? Um, so, uh, I would run two or three marathons a year. And at the time I needed running like that as a tool for sure. It, for me, it pushed me emotionally and it also helped me run through a ton of shit. I'll call it. Um, so for me being in my body like that was vital. I also was heavily into yoga at the same time and yoga nidra, which I think helped balance that out. But, um, what I was saying there is basically, uh, listening to the inner voice. So this is a really funny story relating to this. I tell people this a lot because they're like, you used to be a runner. There's different genres of your life, right? That people meet you in. And they're like, oh my gosh, you used to be a smoker. I'm like, oh God, yeah, I miss it. I mean, I don't smoke anymore and I, I'm happy I gave it up. And I think it's not good at all. And anytime I smell cigarette smoke, it's like, ugh, it makes me literally want to vom. But um, yeah, I was a heavy, I was a heavy like pack a day, like uh, yeah. And I was an athlete, a gymnast, a field hockey player. Uh, like I was a gym rat at, um, uh, university of Vermont for sure. Nicole, and, she's making us look bad over there. And like, <laughs> like, how like, many lives have you lived? That? <laughs> but I would like leave, I would leave a field hockey game in high school and like light up a cigarette. You know, it was like, I just, but now I, now I look back and I'm like, that was such a nervous habit. And it was just a routine. I did not need it. I just needed to do something back to doing mm-hmm. and being, if I really was still or learned how to meditate then, or was comfortable with myself being still, I probably would have realized the connection way sooner that you don't really need to smoke. You're not that addicted to it. This is more of a behavior. So like, just mm. let it go. So for someone with my personality and who I am and understanding cognitive behavioral therapy, one day I was a senior in college. It was like 2006, January. I don't remember the date in January, but I remember going, Oh, like, I'm not going to smoke anymore. And I just quit cold Turkey and like never looked back, but I realize and recognize a lot of people cannot do that. But for me, it worked. Um, and I just got really into running and then that kind of, be, it just kind of was replacing that energy really, but it was mm-hmm. helping. It was helping me a lot. But one day it's about 2010 or 11. Now I go out for a run and I put on my shoes. I'll never forget this moment. I was just like, and it was kind of like, like my energy was like, I don't really want to do this, but I guess I will kind of thing. And I went out, I was probably a hundred yards, maybe 200 yards away from the house. And I went, I stopped dead in my tracks. It was just like, huh, like something landed in me. And I just said, I don't want to run anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. So talk about like a wisdom drop of just like, huh. And it was such truth. There was no way I could turn my back to it. So I came home and my then husband at the time was like, hey, weren't you going for a run? And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not running anymore. I'm not a runner anymore. And he was like, what? But you love it. I go, no, I don't. Like, I just don't. I don't love it anymore. It's like a chore. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And so I took my shoes off. I didn't know where they went for two years. Um, literally, like I just didn't run for a very long time. And that is a story. It was like Forrest Gump, right? That scene where he's running and all of a sudden he stops and everybody's behind him like, hold on, he's going to speak. And he's like, I think I'll go home now. Right? He's like, I think I'll go home now. And then he goes home and he's just done. It's like, I really viscerally had that exact feeling like in that scene. And that was when I learned to really 
I'd say trust my inner voice. I started to learn to listen to my inner voice about a few years prior to that when I had a really profound moment happen. And I was like, wow, like I can't make that up. Like this is like, what is this voice that's like very truthful? And sometimes we, we, we listen to our voice and it's spot on and there's no turning away from it. Sometimes we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, is this like a truth? Should I listen to this? Is this just my head? Is this my soul? Like I'm confused. But the more we get still, the more we undo the doing, the more we do these gentle restorative practices. And personally for me, yoga nidra every time brings me right into the center, center of balance. I just have learned more and more, like do not fail her. Like this voice is like, you just get better at listening to it. And I just will never let her down. Like it's just, if I've just gotten better at the truth of my voice when it pops up and calls to me and this, the intuition that I've acquired since really not letting her down. And I say her meaning me, my voice, but just, I'm just not going to sacrifice that anymore. It's like, I've just always was in my younger self, pretty doubtful when I'd hear the voice. And I just feel like I surrender to it now. I let go into, oh, okay, this is a yes, this is a no. And the yeses are going to bring me more of a high vibration. And that matters to me. I want to be balanced. I want to have a high vibration. I'm going to discern better and use my judgment. And there's no more, I'm going to swim upstream because it's just, Mm. I've just trained myself to think more about doing less and cultivating more from less and feeling just good in my body and my mind, my mental health. That's beautiful. I feel like I took, I I just feel like I took so much away from that and it makes me literally want to, you know, run up to my space where I have my yoga mat, you know, laid out on the ground and get to it. You know, I really do feel Mm -hmm. that way because we all go through these periods of lack of motivation, of feeling like we can't even tap into that voice. What am I supposed to do? We look outward instead of looking inward. And then we kind of, mm-hmm. you know, chase our own tail. And everyone deals with this in some form or fashion in different points in their lives. So it's really, I find it really, um, mm-hmm. I actually find it really motivating when I hear, you know, stories like yours, Malika, because we can look, as I mentioned earlier, we can look at your sort of CV, if you will, and think, wow, this person has it together and they know Mm -hmm. exactly what everything is about and they are so tapped into their life's purpose. And sometimes that can be really motivating for for a lot of people. And and obviously, if you're coming at a place from, you know, maybe a place of difficulty or um, of self-doubt, it can feel a little bit more... um, daunting and a little bit more scary when you see, um, when you meet people like you who think, wow, okay, they, they have everything together and I don't have anything together. Um, Mm -hmm. do you ever feel that you, um, have you ever suffered from, you know, what we call imposter syndrome? And and if so, do you have any words of wisdom to other people who, who may suffer from it? Yeah. So I had to look that up because I'm like, what's imposter syndrome? Um, but, and I read it as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. Right. And um, Mm. it's interesting because how I feel about that. And I've definitely been like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? I'm teaching people yoga. I don't know anything. You know, when I first started teaching, it was like, okay, well, you do know some things because you know that this has helped you so much. And you're going to help people find space to do the same for whatever they need. Like they're coming in this door. We don't know why they're coming in the door. Just provide a space of love, a loving space for people to get whatever it is that they want and need. Right. So my advice 
to anyone who's feeling that way, doubting doubting personal abilities and feeling like a fraud in what they're giving and receiving is to once again, get still, check in, whatever gets you still, right? And play around with some things because that's not always easy to figure that out. There's lots of tools out there. There's lots of teachers. Find something that resonates with you. And if it works, you're going to know it, mm, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you're, you're going to feel it. You can read all the stuff you want and you're going to gain a lot of knowledge and you're going to be like, ooh, ah, but it's our felt experience that shifts us. And it's our felt experience of a tool or a practice. I believe that when we do find that, stick to that and get keep doing it. You can never perfect it enough. It's like, just keep doing it. Keep dropping in. Um So my advice to someone is if you're feeling something that you do, something that you share with others is coming from a deeply caring and special place from your heart, there is no way that that isn't real. And to keep sharing it, keep showing up, people need to feel that whatever it is that you're offering. Um, or that you're sharing, whether you're a writer, whether you're an artist, whether you're, um, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, it's like people need you. And to just know that you're needed and your unique gift, whatever it is, even if you don't know what it is right now, you're shining it through whatever your work is, and it's going to get better and better if it's aligned, meaning that um, if you care about it, and you trust what it's done for you or how your approach to something, let's say like you can't, that can't be anything wrong with that other than like a true realness. So keep showing up and just keep sharing whatever that is. Mic drop moment. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, (laughs) and we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just like, for example, to just to paint a picture, I, Yoga Nidra profoundly saved my life. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say in just one way, multiple ways. This practice, this ancient tantric practice literally saved me. And I had never dreamed that I would ever have CDs on iTunes. Well, iTunes recordings and I printed CDs at the time. And, you know, I was scared to put that out to the world. I went through a training. I was like, oh, wow. Like I went to a training now. I guess I really do love this stuff. It's like, yeah, I do. Like I know how powerful this practice is and I know what it's done for me. How can this, how can I be doubtful in my sharing of it? Mm. Really? I was doubtful of my abilities and sharing of it, but now it's just something that I've been teaching this for almost a decade and to others. And I had no idea that that would ever be a part of my life. And now it's like no doubt there is no doubt when I share that, that I know exactly what I'm doing. It's coming from a sacred, soulful, deep, deep, loving place in my heart. And I'm able to share that with others. So there's no way I can doubt that. But at the beginning, of course, because it was new, I thought, what do I know? You know, and all these words were coming up and it's like, no, like come back to the source of the why. And the why is how powerfully this can help people. And how could that be a bad thing? I love it. And I think that really speaks to, again, this idea of like trust, like self-trust, even though you, yeah, like you said, you didn't know you were going to be a teacher. You didn't know where this path was going to take you Mm -hmm. or is going to take you, right? Because Mm -hmm. the path is unfolding as Mm -hmm. we are walking it. And, And I think to me, that really does require that we surrender the plan, that we surrender yes the the exact 
steps that we have to take or the exact outcome that we're, we think we're looking for. And to like keep coming back to that present moment experience of like, yeah, where am I drawn to? Where am I being yes. led? Where do I want to show up and, and yeah. how? Um, and letting go of, of all of the ways we think it has to look or should be. And so, uh, you know, of course, hindsight is 2020 and we say that all the time and it has especially um, ironic meaning now, <laughs> given the year 2020 we just had. But, you know, if <laughs> yeah. you could give advice to that younger self, you know, that 18 year old or or even, you know, the 25 year old mm-hmm. or, or those yeah. those earlier versions about how to navigate that change, because I think sometimes I mean, I know as humans, we love we crave that control. We crave being able to mm-hmm. to to plan or predict or anticipate what's next. But yeah, uh, talking to your younger self, how to best navigate change, you know, what what would you say with what you know now? Mm, it's such a deep question. I'm like all emotional. I'm like, oh, my eyes are tearing up. I'm like, oh, because like when, you know, you look back, it's like, wow. I don't know. You know, you just look back and you're like, wow. Oh, I'm all like <laughs> feeling it. Um, you know, <clears throat> Whew. I think I would, you know, there's so many things I would say, but the biggest thing that I feel right now is just um, to not be in a hurry, you know, like, and to pay attention. There are so many beautiful signs so many beautiful signs that come out of a place of um, hardship or not knowing, especially in our younger 20s, right? And especially as women, I'm not just, dis- you know, disclosing other genders, of course, but it's like, especially as women in the society, it's like, it's confusing and we don't know where we're going and we look ahead and we're like, we should be there and da 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 da. And it's, it's hard. And um, I think I would just say, don't be in a hurry, pay attention that there are so many beautiful signs, be gentle, um, be gentle with your heart and enjoy the slower pace for a while. There's so much gems and slowness. And I'd also say it gets easier to navigate and you'll get better at trusting yourself and doubt, doubt will rarely show up and to keep holding your heart close with love because you want to hold on to yourself. You don't want to lose yourself. If you lose yourself, you lose it all, you know? And it's like holding on to yourself and how worthy you are of love and creativity and to sharing your light with the world and sharing your gifts and that just to, to enjoy um, as best as you can the hard times and to open your eyes to the pain even more that you might feel along the way because there's so much wisdom there and it's going to lead you to the other side eventually. And then you're going to go down again, then you're going to go up again, but um, just to hold on tight, hold on tight to yourself and hold your friends close. Like your soul, I call them my soul peeps, like my soul friends. And I'm talking about those people in your life who you can say anything to and you can show up in your mess and you can show up in your glory and they're just going to be there. And they know you so well that they're always going to point you back to balance. 
you know, and right now I've got this like montage in my mind of all my friends who I, there's no way I'd be here as steady and grounded as I am today without, without them. So it's, yeah, it's been probably tons more I could say to my younger self, but that advice would be holding on to your friends close, treat them well and trust that they want to be there for you when you need them for the good and the bad times. Um, and that's what's going to lift lift you up and keep you steady. <laughs> Thank you for that. I think I'll speak for myself, but as you were, you like we said, you were our first podcast guest, first special guest, and that's also my first uh, tear shedding moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. And I can see that I would, yeah, listen back to that um, again and again because. That's so loving and so generous to be able to to reflect back and 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 see your past self with that compassion, you know, seeing how how hard that person had to work or how much it was a struggle and to know that that's that it doesn't it won't always be like that, I think is really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Malika, for sharing your story with us and all of your words of wisdom. This has been so, so, so lovely and special for for both Nicole and I. And we certainly believe that it will be very special for all of our listeners out there as well. Mm. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for holding the space. This is a really special thing and I'm honored to be a part of it. If people want to find you and uh, see where they can work with you or, or where, where's the best place that we can send them? Yeah, so you can, my website is malaikayoga.com. Everything is pretty much there. Everything else will connect you. Everything there will connect you to everything else, like my Instagram, Facebook, every different kind of offering that I'm um, sharing online or locally in Vermont right now. Um, so yeah, it's a malaikayoga.com. My Instagram is malaika.yoga. Yeah. I can't believe we, 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 we let you get away with your comment earlier about up here in Vermont. You're talking to two people from oh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not up here. You're still we'll show you go. up here. Yeah. yeah. We'll show you right? north. We're, well, we're, cl- we're close, right? We're, we are. We we're are. like an hour from the border yeah. or, or less. So, that you made know. me laugh. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm in Key West in the winter, so I'm like up there because I think of Vermont like up and Key West down. But yeah, right. Love it. Canadians. I forgot. Forgot that <laughs> yeah. for a minute. You're above. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Malika and Steph. And thanks, thank everyone, you. for tuning in today. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.